This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. If you like Mount Rushmore shows and stupid poll questions, you've chosen the wrong sports radio show. Expect more. Live from Atlanta, it's the John Kincaid Show on CBS Sports Radio. And I'm coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. When you want the ability to adjust your loan options in real time, Rocket can. Check out our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. We appreciate them being a part of the John Kincaid Show on CBS Sports Radio. I also appreciate my fine producer Anthony Pierno who we will have the premiere of my luscious locks later on this hour um, luscious locks being a playoff my spectacular hair that uh, the luscious locks and I have uh, instituted a new policy Anthony the last two years I have fallen into deep holes and dug myself out of them by the end of the year but I am saying I'm not going to – if I fall six games below 500, the luscious locks goes away. You can't do that. that Why? Is, that is so weak, and it looks so pathetic on your part. Okay, you're I don't di- be you're giving up. Okay, I don't wanna, look, and I've shown you the last two years. I've started out like garbage. And you like can rebound. Garbage. And you and rebound. And I can rebound. Okay. All right, we'll try. We'll try, we'll try, we'll try. It'll be a uh, luscious locks a little bit later on this hour. Got to think of a good hair song. And and believe me, I don't do pick segments. I know in sports radio, pick segments are very big things. And I'll hear guys go on for like 20 minutes doing their picks. I'm like, look, pick segments on our show is like a 90-second music bed. I can do do my picks, give you three picks, and be in and be out. Because I'm not that good at it. Like most hosts in the United States on sports radio. JK Show, CBS Sports Radio. If you're listening on your great CBS Sports Radio affiliates, we love them all. If your, te- if your local station cuts away for the hunting and fishing show or something, or um, there was the one station that carries the show that has like a trade, a trading show where people trade stuff, uh, whatever it is you cut away for, you can listen on the radio.com app and you can even rewind and find out stuff that you might have slept through. So check it on out. Uh, we get started in this hour of the show. A lot of people want to get in on the phone lines at 855-212-4CBS, and we will do that. Uh, we've had a lot of lively discussion this morning, very lively. Anth- Anthony, in a matter of two weeks, we've had the gentleman last week that totally set me off telling me America doesn't deserve sports. 
And now this week we have Tony my, Orlando creating a lot of my buzz. white my white privilege. As he was lecturing me as another white man, he was lecturing me on my white privilege. And I said to Tony, Tony, what do you know about me? Well, uh, I know, I know as a white man, I've said, no, 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 no. What do you know about me, Tony? Can you tell me about my privilege? Can you tell me? Stop using your buzz terms that you learned in sociology class and tell me. Do I know that I've had it easier than some people in America? Absolutely, I have. Do I know that I've had it far tougher than a lot of people in America? Yeah, I know that I have. Do I know that I can't judge someone based on the color of their skin as to what kind of, well, what kind of privileged upbringing have they had? What kind of privilege are they doing? Give me a break. It's not sociology class. I love the fact that we've got a very diverse audience and a very fun audience that gets involved in the show. First Sunday of the NFL, and I can't wait to talk about it with you. We've been talking about it all morning. We'll talk more coming up here. But I wanted to get to Daryl in Jackson, Mississippi. Daryl. You're on the John Kincaid Show, CBS Sports Radio. Good morning, Daryl, and thank you for holding on, buddy. All right. Um, so glad to be a part of this conversation this morning and join your show so far. Thank you, Kudos man. to Tony Orlando in, or <laughs> Tony in Florida. Tony and, in Orlando, yes. <laughs> and here's the thing. How about we throw out some solutions? And so that's what I'm attempting to do this morning. Give do a that. solution. Okay. Yes. Instead of getting mad at the people locking arms and walking on the field. Why don't we call our congressman, tell him put a law on the books, makes it illegal for him to kill people with the badge on. So the worst thing that they get is a paid leave. But if we go ahead and have them put this law on the books and police know they can be prosecuted, then guess what? Problem goes away. Now well, we you know, by the way, wait, hold on a minute. Hold on a second. Take a breather. I'll keep you on the line. Keep you on the line. Um, you know there are laws already in the books, but I will tell you, and I agree with you 100%, not 99, 100%, that far too often the laws that are already on the books get, um, get held up in bureaucracy. And I think that bureaucracy needs to be removed absolutely. absolutely. Well, we need something more specific, something just for policemen to let them know, hey, we got a watchful eye on you. And I think that that two percent or one percent of bad police that are out there gonna think twice before they do something i would agree because with you. I would agree with that. taylor is dead sandra mm-hmm. bland is dead and even more black women are dead because they got killed by the police absolutely it's unconscionable and we can't wait okay but let's get it back let, okay daryl get it back on the get it back though to the topic get it back to what we're talking about with it with it being in sports again those things Absolutely. The voice needs to be there for those issues. And you and I, two divergent backgrounds, I'm considering, I'm I'm just going to assume that we agree on on the idea that new legislation and new uh, regulations need to be in place completely. But also, we I don't know if we agree or not that when um, I'm there to watch a football game, I'm there to watch a football game. Okay, but see, here's the thing. Okay, Uh, you're there to watch a football game. But somebody's blood was spilled, and okay. we can't have a, a little bit of tolerance to correct this problem. Then Darryl, watch our Darryl, it's game. not Daryl. It's not the idea of tolerance. I'm being told today, and I think what a lot of people are getting in is the fact is is that you can't watch. Have you watched the NBA games during the postseason? I watch them here and there. Okay, well, if you watch them, 
there is, I mean, it is the line of activism in sports has been totally blurred. And that's uh, well, during games, even. Even you know during what? games. That, that's true. And but to me, Daryl, I'm all for something. I'm all for a show. Accomplished. And it's to the people that keep changing the subject away from what no, it is. Daryl, like, when you go. Kneeling wasn't about him kneeling. Darryl, it was about people getting Daryl, we're not going to legislate Colin Kaepernick again because Colin Kaepernick is a guy who celebrates Castro. So to me, we're not re-legislating that. Out with the he, cel- he celebrates Castro. He wears pig socks. I got a brother who was a cop for 28 years. And you know what? My brother had a, 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 a perfect record leaving his job. I don't, I don't want to hear. I don't want somebody walking around. Guess what, Daryl? Listen to me now. You got, I listen to you. Now listen to me. I don't want someone walking around on, their, on an NFL field wearing pig socks. I don't want somebody at a, at a microphone of an NFL thing celebrating Castro while he lectures the NFL and he lectures America. He knows nothing about Castro. He, goes noth- he knows nothing about Che. He knows nothing about the dirtbags that have been that are, that, are, that, are, that are responsible for deaths of tens of thousands of people. And he's going to lecture and he's going to lecture sports fans. He's not he's not educated enough on the subject matter. So we're not re-legislating Kaepernick. That is not a topic we're on today. I appreciate your call. We had a good exchange. Let's see what Michael in Nebraska has to say. Michael, you're in the John Kincaid show. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. No problem, Michael. What's up, buddy? Um, I, I'm just nervous that you're going to cut me off. But I, no, just, I have 50 seconds to say my piece. No, you got plenty of time. Right. Because Mr. Kincaid. I don't think you're responsible for your privilege, but you absolutely have the privilege, and that can be. Well, based tell me on what my question. tell me what it is. Just tell me what it is. And sir, I don't I don't know your life, but this is what I would ask. You no, name Michael, one Michael, Michael, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. A minute. You just told me that I have got it. So tell me what it what tell me what it is, because I need to know because other people have different um, definitions for what it is. So tell because guess what? You may tell me something and I may agree with you 100%. So tell me what my what it is. Okay, um whether you agree or not, I'm just going to say this. You 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 answer me one question. Name one No wait a minute, Michael. Was- I just asked you. You just said okay. something and you made a definitive statement about me and my life. So I'm asking you to just make tell me I asked you for an explanation about what you just said. Tell me what it is cuz guess what, Michael, we may agree on it. That's what I'm trying to say. But no, you're not. You're asking me a question. You're tell. Okay. You said you know. You told me that I. So you know that I'm privileged. So tell me about my privilege. Tell me about my upbringing. Tell me about me. Tell me about the things I've overcome in life. Tell I, me about the challenges I've had to face. Okay, that's somewhat of a trick question because I don't know you other than I listen to your program. And what I'm Correct. saying is this, sir. Sir, what I'm saying is this: if you just give me a breath. Name one disadvantage you have from being now white. Now you see, and Michael, Michael, again, you're doing it. You're telling me I'm privileged. I ask you, tell me, where, tell me about, tell me about it. Tell me what, what it is, and you can't answer me. You're well, not I'm even answering me. Okay. No, you're asking me questions. You're asking me questions. You clearly don't want to answer because no, because Michael, Michael, you're making a statement that you know that I'm privileged. Guess what? You're born tell with it. Like I just tell, okay. Sir, I tell me, the, tell I me about. It. I'm born with it. Tell me about how I. Tell me about my life. I I cannot tell you about your life other than then you don't. Allow then Michael, to speak on then your you platform. don't know me, Michael. That, that, thank you for your call because you're doing the double talk. You're doing double talk. You don't know me because of the color of my skin. I don't know you because of the color of your skin. 
And this is the danger we've got now. We're just willing to look at people and say, by the color of their skin, we understand. Guess what? Michael could have had a conversation with me there. He could have said, John, uh, you are privileged because uh, you never have to worry about the cops pulling you over uh, on the road just for driving while white. And guess what I would have said to Michael? You're 100% correct. I've never once been behind the wheel and worried about driving while white. So Michael would have been 100% correct. He could say to me, um, you are, uh, you've, got better, you've had better opportunities in, uh, in, in schooling, potentially. You've had better opportunities. There could be things that we could agree on 100%. But when you just label people and then you can't have a conversation and can't back up what you're saying blatantly about them, you can't converse. Let's try Darren in Michigan. Darren, what's going on, brother? Hey, John. Um, it's a first-time caller. I want to tell you I've listened to you many times when I've been starting half marathons early in the morning. Oh, my end, gosh. So I really appreciate it. Thank yeah. you, Darren. Appreciate it, man. I, I love half, half I, marathons. Well, thank you. Oof. Thank you, John, for actually saying what is what many, and I would even argue probably most of America thinks, and that is that, and I just want to high emphasize it, and then I want to talk about the Cowboys, but sure, you know, you cannot tell a person what their life is like based on the color of their skin. I thought that's what we've been told for decades. I mean, seriously. And Darren, right. and Darren, what it is is like, Darren, Darren Michael wouldn't know, because he couldn't even tell me, wouldn't know. Anything about right. my upbringing, he wouldn't know that I am in a that I that I married a, a, into a family, a multiracial family. He wouldn't yep. know. He wouldn't know anything about my background. He just assumes that he knows. He would think, well, he's a talk show host and he um, he goes to Disney World and Vegas, so he must be rich. So he's got money, right. and he might not know that I grew up in a in a in a in a in a shared a room with my brother that was smaller than my master closet today. Like, yeah. I mean, like, well, and, he, he knows nothing about my background and who I am, but he's basing it on my skin color. And it drives and me crazy. I think it's ignorant for anybody to do that in this country. Anyone to do and it. That's, that's called the definition of racism right there. That's what that's what that is. But you it's, know, assum- people, it's assumptions. There are people that don't seem to understand that. And I'm from northern Michigan. I grew up on uh, my dad was a poor farmer. Like you said, I mean, there are parts of the country. Look at people who live in Appalachia, northern oh Michigan, who have some of the highest poverty rates in the country. Uh, Isabella County, in which is in northern Michigan, has the highest poverty rate in the nation. you going to tell me that all these people who happen to have a white skin color automatically have a white privilege? I mean, it's, you know, get it's, and the big America thing is I just don't think I don't think the labels, Darren, I want to, I want to get to your Cowboys point, but we, we, I don't okay, think cool. any of these labels help the conversation at all. And that's what I was trying yeah. to get Michael to do in Nebraska is have a conversation. He couldn't. He was just going to ask me questions. He's not – he's making assumptions. But tell me about your Cowboys. You know, I got to disagree with the last caller. Well, first of all, I can't understand at all why you'd be living in Texas and be a Lions fan. I live in Michigan, and I've been a Cowboys fan. Well, wait a minute, though. Eight, wait a minute, so. though. I li- I've, lived in, I've lived in Atlanta for 25 years, and I'm a sportscaster, but the Philadelphia yep. Eagles are my obsession. So, That's I mean, true. it can happen. It can happen. Yeah, no, I'm just joking with that. But anyways, you know, I mean, the Cowboys have reloaded on their offensive line. They drafted the kid out of, out of Wisconsin as their new center. Yeah, Lyle Cowas is injured right now, but he's going to come back. And I just don't see people saying, 
you know, they don't have the offensive line they used to have. My, I mean, really my only concern, and I think that McCarthy is a definite upgrade over Garrett, but my concern is, is what happened to Mike McCarthy's Packers many years ago when they played the Seahawks. And they basically folded over and just let him run over them in the fourth. McCarthy, quarter. I'll tell you this: McCarthy's you know? an up. Appreciate. I appreciate your call. I got to run. McCarthy is an upgrade. There's no question. And any fan who tries to tell you differently is is just they're bluffing. They, McCarthy's an upgrade. But, but, what I would say is is that um, the Cowboys. There's. I mean, how in the world do the Cowboys? allow the Eagles to beat them in critical situations like last December. I mean, Carson Wentz for the last month of the season was throwing to practice squad players. The loaded Cowboys come into Philadelphia and Wentz totally outplays Dak. How does that happen? That can't happen. It can't happen. Can't happen again. All right, the bubble in the NBA has been highly successful. And three of four teams have already punched their ticket into the conference finals. Only one game left to go. Out of the Boston Globe, Gary Washburn knows all about the Celtics, but believe me, he knows the game. I want to ask him about bubble life and also what can we expect in the conference finals? Coming your way next, John Kincaid Show, CBS Sports Radio. This is the John Kincaid Show. Loves being right. We just wish he was more often. Now back to the JK Show on CBS Sports Radio. I've spent so much time in my adult life in Walt Disney World because my wife and daughter, it is their favorite place, favorite place on earth. They love it so much. So I can only imagine what Gary Washburn's life has been like in the bubble from the Boston Globe, NBA national writer. Joining us here on the John Kincaid Show on CBS Sports Radio. It's a small world after all, Gary. I mean, I can only think is that uh, how has life in Orlando been for you and how difficult is it? Um, once you get used to everything, uh, the routine, the medical stuff, the daily testing, uh, it's actually not bad. You know, it's nothing to complain about. Um you're in kind of a basketball convention here. There's games, obviously, every day, players, access. Uh, so work-wise, it's great. Um, there's certain things, you know, not being able to leave the campus and the limitations is uh, can be taxing at times. Um, but you know you're witnessing history, right? You know sure. that this is never going to happen again. Uh, likely, I mean, who knows it could happen next season. Uh, but you know this is likely not to happen, and you know that you'll have something that you can remember for the rest of your life and write about, and and uh, people will always be curious about life in the bubble. So uh, it's something that you couldn't pass up as a reporter, and so I have no issues with it. Um, and it's been obviously just totally fascinating, almost things going on every day. Now, you've talked to players, though, that I know have expressed concerns about, you know, being away from family, not being again to be a part of, uh, you know, what, what, you know, what's going on in life otherwise. What do you how, how has that been for them? And do you and can you relate a little bit to what they're oh, saying? Of course, of course. I mean, you're not with your family or, 
you know, your loved ones and you're talking to them through maybe FaceTime and you're trying to just, you know, let them know that you're going to be home soon. And, and uh, hopefully they're following things so they know that you're down here and, and that things are progressing uh, the season. The playoffs now are at the verge of, you know, the conference finals. So we got two rounds left. So, yeah, the players, it's, it's hard. I mean, it's only so much uh, video games and fishing and golf you can do. You know, you can't go to your favorite restaurant. You, you're not in the city that you, in which you live. Sure. Um, so so you're, missing, you're missing those types of things. You're missing time with your family. And now uh, the players are allowed to have family members down here. Now that there's five teams left, there's about to be four in the next couple of days or whatever. But, um, you know, it's a little bit more freedom for uh, some of these guys in terms of having family here and being able to do more things with their family as opposed to just doing the FaceTime stuff. So um, it's getting it's getting better. But, of course, I mean, you know, not everybody was going to respond well to this. You know, there's some people that were going to be fine and okay with being away in, 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 in kind of a basketball bunker, and there are going to be others who suffered and who just weren't comfortable with this. Gary, when you get under the hood, I'm sure you're already looking at it with that heat matchup uh, versus the Celtics. What um, your first thoughts on the Heat and the amazing story they've been, and how ready are the Celtics this year to be able to answer the challenge of trying to get to that NBA Finals? Yeah, uh, Miami playing great basketball, probably the best team in the bubble. Um, before all this whole thing started, I, I said Miami was a team to watch, not necessarily picking them to go to the Conference Finals, but this was the year the, the Heat have kind of prepared their team and. You know, they got Jimmy Butler, and they signed, uh, you know, they trade away Justin Winslow and get Jay Crowder. They, you know, they get Andre Iguodala. Like, they, they've made their line and stacked their team for a run. And there's, there was no excuses. They were healthy now. Um, and so they, they, you know, shut up a lot of critics who thought that they might even lose in the first round to Indiana. Um, and they're playing good basketball. They can spread the floor. They can shoot. I'm really impressed with Bam Adebayo. I mean, this is a guy who, at Kentucky, I just thought he was kind of like a, a Dwight Howard type of dude. Sure. He can just dunk around the basket and get a bunch of rebounds, but he can handle the ball. He can kind of play, run the offense a little bit through him. He can pass. So he's been impressive. And, who you know, you can say no more about Jimmy Butler and his leadership. You know, uh, not a not the, the most well-liked guy around the league in terms of some of the teams he's been, but he's a winner. And he's hard on his guys and those guys have responded so the heat very dangerous team celtics i think the good thing for them was game one isn't today it's tuesday they got a couple of days uh to rest and prepare um they have had uh their way with miami uh they took both regular season meetings included in miami but that doesn't mean anything they've got to get ready for those shooters but i do think that the toronto series taught boston a lot i mean Kyle Lowry was a handful to deal with. Serge Ibaka played well. Uh, Fred Van Vliet. So I think the Celtics feel like, hey, we played probably the best team in the East over seven games. I think they're ready for Miami. If I was to make an assumption, and it is just an assumption on my part just for this conversation, that the Clippers are going to advance past the Nuggets and we're going to have Clippers-Lakers and we'll have the Celtics in the heat. If those were the four teams we're talking about, based on what you know today, how would you stack them one through four? Boy, uh, you got to say the Lakers first. I just think they're playing well now, even though they, sometimes they lose focus. Uh, 
talent-wise, the Clippers, and I think you might have to say maybe a tie for third, Celtics and Heat. Okay. Because I, I don't want to say the Heat, Heat's the fourth team because he's playing well. I mean, they, sure. they've got everything together now. They're finally healthy. Um, so they're, and they're a team that, that I don't think anybody really wants to play over a seven-game series. Um, but I will say that the both L.A. teams have just shown to be vulnerable. Uh, and, you know, it all depends on – you know, I just don't think Houston and Portland in terms of the Lakers were the teams that were really going to catch the Lakers off guard in terms of uh, taking taking them to six or seven games. I I think that they were just more talented than both of those teams. And Houston just, I don't know what their approach was over the last four games of the series. Um, the Clippers seem to also have lapses of, of falling asleep like they did in game five against the Nuggets where they could have finished it off, had some had some rest, and now they're in a game six where – if they lose today, I mean, <laughs> when it's a crapshoot, right? Yeah, yeah. And Denver's already come back from three-one in this in in the bubble. So, I you know, I just think both teams are talented. It will be an epic series if they meet. But you just hope that they're. I think they've been so focused on facing each other that they've kind of lost track sometimes of the road to get there. Gary, I hope you're considering like maybe a book someday about life in the bubble. Have you been taking notes on all the all the things that went on behind the scenes? Yeah, it's it's been fascinating, honestly, to have so much access to the players to see things. Uh, there's a lot going on here in terms of uh, and, and not bad stuff, but just just you know, sure. you, you got team officials, you got you got game officials, you got NBA employees, all in the same place, all in the same campus, you know. And we're all going through the same thing. Everybody wearing a mask. Everybody gets tested for COVID every day. Like, it's just a, 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 such an unusual situation that you'll never encounter. So, yeah, I mean, this is definitely something to write about. What are you dying to eat when you get home? Uh, honestly, <laughs> I, if I, I could go, go get some Thai food or some Chinese food, like any type of Asian food, like something <laughs> uh, international. Like, That's uh, awesome. Had enough chicken, had enough, you know, had enough uh, beef for, for a yes. while. Uh, international. There you go. Gary, I love your work, and I appreciate you making time for me this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Opposition against the doomsday media. This is the John Kincaid Show on CBS Sports Radio. We're going to round out today with Barry Manilow a little bit later on before the top of the hour. I'm a fan of this song. I can tell you that much. Because we made it to today. We'll get to that coming up. We made it. Against all expectations, against all the doomsday media, against all the people who told you that it couldn't happen. When I open up today with the uh, Big Ten, going to have a vote potentially as soon as tomorrow about fall sports. I believe it was Roberta Flack. Too much, too little, too late. It's too late, Big Ten. You got caught up in the politics of it, flat out. Got caught up in the politics of it. It's too late. 
They're not holding up the national uh, college football playoff for you. And it's a lesson to everyone in all around the country. And it wasn't the coaches and players who didn't want to play. It was a bunch of bureaucrats who have other agendas. And the bottom line is this. Don't be afraid to fail. There was no science that told you it's absolutely too reckless to even try. That's a bunch of BS. If that science existed, they wouldn't be having high school football in Ohio. If that science existed, they wouldn't be able to go about normal life other places. With the greatest protocols in the world set up for you, you can at least try. Does it mean you're going to succeed? Hell no. It could fail. But I think we've come to the point where a lot of people have a lot to say about what other people, what's good for other people. What's good for, you know, college athletes. Those, they're, they're not smart enough to make the decision for themselves. If the Big Ten votes to come back and have a season, a season where they're playing for nothing, they're not going to be in the college football playoff. Not going to be part of the real season. I don't know what they're, I don't know what they're doing. Knight in Indianapolis joins us. What a cool name. Knight, welcome to the show. How are you, buddy? I picked your, I picked your Colts to uh, win the division, by the way. Oh, well, that would be nice. Uh, uh, that would be nice. But, <laughs> if it happens, we'll see. But, I, but I'll, 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 I'm a wait-and-see kind of person. Sure, that's the way it works. What do you got for me today, buddy? Um, I got the uh, about the privilege. Um, yes. Now, nothing is ever 100% because I would say uh, – when you talk about white privilege, in my mind, um, I would say it's for 90% of the whites. And because there's probably 10% blacks that probably have it better than uh, a lot of whites, and there's probably 10% of whites that have it worse than a lot of blacks. But there's three assumptions I'm going to make, and if I'm wrong on this, then you can let me know. But this is what three assumptions I'm going to make about your life, and then you can tell me if I'm wrong. All right, that's good. I like that. Okay. First, I want to say that when you growing up, you believe that education can get you ahead in life. No question. And my mom and dad drilled it into my head. Okay. My dad was, uh, but go on, I'll, uh, I answer that question. Okay. Yes, absolutely. And that was drilled into my head. Okay. And the second one, did you personally know family members or good family friends with either good career jobs and or that own land? Own land? Yeah, either either they had good jobs that you know they could retire from or they owned land that they knew they would have. Uh, How about if I said neither? Neither, okay, okay. And then the third thing is uh, not growing up thinking that, well, before I get 18, one of my good friends is going to die from violence. And You're absolutely I don't correct. know if I'm going to live to be 25 or not. Absolutely correct, and I never, ever, well, you just said the third one. I never, ever, that never crossed my mind. The only kind of violence across my mind is a lot of kids from my area get into the mob. Yeah. And so, so if they were getting, if they were going to end up a victim of violence, it was because of their life choices, not because of, of a different kind of criminal activity, if you know what I mean. Right. But I would say for, if, if two of those three uh, you fit, but night, here's the thing is though, whether you black or white. But here's the thing. Uh-huh. Why are we dealing with assuming things about people of other races? Isn't well, that isn't that isn't that inherently racist? Well, 
it's inherently racist to not talk about race because we've been had 400 years of no, I'm not talking about racism. not talking about it. You and I, you and I just had a very pleasant exchange using back and forth on that. Uh, what I'm talking about is appreciate your call. What I'm talking about is that just assuming that we know things about people because of the color of their skin. I think that defines that's 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 a, de- a definition. Believing the color of a skin defines somebody. Believing that I, I don't understand it. I really don't. But that was a good exchange there. Uh, Mitch in New Jersey gets in. Mitch, what are you doing, buddy? Morning, John. Thanks for my call. Uh, my call. I, I want to talk about the Clippers and the Rams game and the Rams okay. in particular. But I'll throw my two cents in this politics, and I think it'd be more pleasure. Uh, what well, they always say to have a good sense of humor. Yes. Uh, when you said driving white black, I thought over that movie. It comes from the movie. That's the first time I heard that expression. It was in the movie uh, National Security. Yeah, Martin Lawrence getting beat oh, up. Oh, I, 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 I hear it from. I hear it from. Yeah, I hear it from Shaquille O'Neal. Shaq, so he, he, he's the one who brought that, and he said, John, it's a real thing. It's a real thing in a lot of parts of the country. And my wife always drills me that I was raised wrong, that I'm a mutt, right? I'm half yes. Jewish. My folks, right. folks are from Russia. My mom's from Columbia, so I'm, I'm dark skin. But my wife's always saying, you know, you think people, all white people are nice. If they smile at you, they must be nice. And you think you're white when people don't look at you as white. And um, I right. guess I was sheltered. I'm okay. There we go. There we go. I got I got to okay. run. You're running out of your time here. You're going on too long, dude. Um, I got to run along. Uh, I would just say it's a dangerous thing where people assume they know about people and know about upbringings and know about how people lived, how they were raised. I just think it's an assumption, and I think assuming it because of somebody's skin color is really, really dangerous. Really dangerous. I have a good friend from college who, um, African-American, who when we got to Temple University in Philly, he would always laugh because his upbringing, and we would joke around about it. He'd go, your upbringing was far different than mine, and his was actually much better, much better, much better high profile of living, much better thing, but uh, it's, it's, and it was something we would joke about with each other. Reggie in South Carolina. Reggie, you're probably going to get the last word today. How are you, buddy? Hey, how you doing? Doing all right, Reg. What's going on, man? Yeah, um, I would say I agree with you 100%. Uh, you know, there's an old saying about assuming. If, if, yes. if you assume, you make a you-know-what out of <laughs> yeah. you and me. Yeah, it's a bad so, news um, bears. I, I, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I agree with you 100% on that. But I also want to say that it's not about privilege. It's uh, about injustice. And you don't want to assume what someone else has gone on, you know, how they live their life. But it's, it's about the injustices and, that, um, that's going on. And you are a smart man. That's a, uh, you're well, a smart man. You. Tell my tell you, my wife that. Well, she doesn't listen. My wife doesn't listen to me. So how am I going to get your wife to listen to you? I mean, come <laughs> on, now. you're asking me to work miracles here. You're a smart man. Oh, yeah. Because you see, the thing is, we should all be able to bond over the injustice part. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We should all be able exactly. to bond over that. We should all be able to agree on that. There shouldn't be debate shows on that. You know what exactly. I mean? There shouldn't be. But it's. But I would also say is that we got to get past because to me, I'm tired of being labeled by my skin color, and I'm just being very honest with you. I'm tired of being labeled by my skin color, mm-hmm. and more importantly, the like the income level that I live now, the echelon of life that I live now, 
Mm-hmm. People make assumptions about me all the time. And I'm like, dude, you know yeah. nothing and about how I get. that is definitely wrong. I've worked, I've worked, like I've worked, some of you and me, I've worked three jobs minimum 20 mm-hmm. some years of my life. I, work, I, I mean, wow. I bust my backside. I work in, th- mm-hmm. and I work three jobs now in order to, because to me, I love work. I love what I do and I get to do it in different venues. But the thing is, it's like people will assume, oh, look what you get. Look what you have. Look what you have. And I'm like, don't tell me what I have. Cause I started with nothing. I started with nothing. Mom and dad didn't, you know, we, we, we had, I never, I never, I never went to bed hungry. I never went to bed where I didn't have clothes. But I didn't grow up like I mean I grew up. That was my that, if that was my leg up in life. That was my leg up in life, and I applaud my parents for what they did for me. And uh, I appreciate your call today. You're a very uh, very good caller there. Appreciate that. All right, we're gonna give you the first edition of my luscious locks. My hair is amazing, and I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna brag a little bit. The sheen coming off this salt and pepper hair is just extreme this morning. Because an NFL season is beginning, so let me quickly get to my luscious locks of the week. I'll take you to Atlanta, where the Atlanta Falcons host the Seattle Seahawks, and that's where I do my show from. I am not a Falcons fan, though. I'm an Eagles fan. Am I betting on the Eagles today? No, I am not. I'm not going to lay those five points. But am I betting on the Falcons? Yes, I am. I will take the Atlanta Falcons plus one and a half. I do not believe the Falcons' def- uh, the uh, Falcons' offensive line will be exploited by that Seattle defensive front, and I think that's a weakness of the Falcons. If you can get to that offensive line, I don't believe the Fa- the Seahawks' defensive line can do it, and I think the offense is going to be ahead of the defense early on this season. Falcons plus one and a half against the Seahawks. Seahawks tend to start a little slow. I think they will. Lions today take it on the Bears. I'll lay two and a half points and I'll take the Detroit Lions. Not only because Matthew Stafford, I see him in the offseason. He lives pretty much a bike ride away from my house. No, I'm just going to bet on the Lions because I think the Lions are the better team. Yes, I think the Lions are a better team than the Bears. Take the Lions, lay the two and a half. And yes, Matt Rule was my coach at Temple University of my alma mater. Love Matt Rule. One thing I know about Matt Rule's teams, it takes a little while to get rolling. The Raiders come to town, and John Gruden's going to lay the hammer down. They'll win by like 7 to 10, take the Raiders, lay the 2.5 points. So, Falcons plus 1.5, Lions minus 2.5, Raiders minus 2.5. Those are your week one luscious locks. And I appreciate you uh, being a part of it uh, every single week. Now, Anthony's talked me out of something. He said that, you know, I said if I fell six games below 500 anymore, that I was going to stop it. I was going to stop doing it. And I would just quit doing this. But that's it. That's it. That's, I'm not going to quit. If I end up terrible this year, I'm going to end up terrible. The last two years, I will only give you a warning. Last two years, I was horrendous into late October. And I dug myself out of a hole both years and got hot towards the end of the year, getting it back to 500. So, and and 500 is terrible. That means you lose money. So, what I would say to you is this. Don't trust my picks ever. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, man. Do not, and I mean it, do not trust. Do not trust. Because I'm going to make lots of mistakes in the course of the year. Okay, let me tell you a few things as we wrap up the show today. 
I thought we had great conversation today. And I love the listeners of this program. And I love the fact that you patronize this show. I love the fact that we can get into some uncomfortable conversations and that we can respect each other about it. And I love that we can get into sports and we can debate our sports. And we're going to be doing that throughout the course of the year. Uh, thank you for respectful debate. And thank you for respectful conversation. We get an NFL season underway today. I couldn't be more excited for it. And Barry Manilow, I think he said it best. We made it. Just let it soak in. All the people who told you this day wasn't coming, who told you you weren't going to have NFL football. Looks like we made it. All the people who said, ah, why are we even trying? This is going to be impossible. And they're not doing a bubble. How are they going to do that? After watching baseball for weeks. We made it. We did. We made it. And it was a struggle. Thanks to the Florida Marlins going out to a steakhouse. It was a struggle. Thanks to the St. Louis Cardinals and the Cleveland pitchers. But guess what? Looks like we made it. The NFL season begins. I hope you have a joyous day. I hope this week is, is better than any week you've had since March. Because you know what? Looks like we made it. And I will tell you consistently, positivity wins over negativity every time. Never be afraid to fail. Yes, we That's can. That's how we got today. That's how we got here. We made it. We made it. Great job, Anthony Pierno, who has been by my side the entire pandemic. And the entire crew here at CBS Sports Radio, Kevin Dexter, great job. And we look forward to having you join us next week for the John Kincaid Show on CBS Sports Radio. Stick with CBS Sports Radio all day. We made it. Have a great week, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.